It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. I tell you what, folks, today's complete story is going to be different than any other, but usually that's the way it works. Uh, what would you say to that, Rich? I'm glad to be along. This is going to be exciting to hear. <laughs> you know, one of our listeners in Kirksville, Missouri, that's up in the northern part of the state, his name is Stan Ambrosia, and he's 79 years old. And he sent me a letter telling me there's a story that's been published in a very, very wonderful magazine in that area about Doris Akers, uh, someone whose music I use a lot over the many years. And what is that publication, Rich? Well, the publication is the Adair Historian. It's put out by the Adair County Historical Society. And who wrote the article? Uh, It's written by Blytha Ellis, and I spoke to her on the phone. She's the president of the Historical Society there. (laughs) Delightful lady. Now, now, folks, I tell you what, I just appreciate the article so much, and I appreciate it, uh, Mr. Stan Ambrosia sending it to us, uh, because I first heard Doris Akers in Los Angeles in 1954, I think it had to be right in there, and the story covers all of that, and we're going to enjoy it together. The thing about Doris Akers is her life and her childhood and her entrance into the world and all of that uh, was filled, of course, with a lot of turmoil and difficulty along the way. A lot of people had that. But Doris Akers gave her heart to the Lord early in life, early in life. And God used her uh, uh, for sure. Uh, anything to add to that? We've Rich? enjoyed her music over the years, and today we get to hear the rest of the story. <laughs> okay, well, let's start out with one of her songs. Uh, it's in my heart. You know what, folks? Because that's one of the things about Doris Aker's music. It always was coming from her heart and express, and she wrote it and expressing what she felt. Here it is. You ask me how. Now, she's home with the Lord for many years, actually, and you'll hear that in this story when we get into it. But that well, that really expresses what Doris Akers projected throughout her ministry. I tell you what, before we get into that, one more song, uh, and it also um, will make you feel exactly what you're going to be hearing. Uh, let's hear it. I sure do 
So many things he's brought me through When I think about his goodness And how much he loves me When counting up my blessings That's the dearest thing to me I sure do love the Lord How about you? If not, then you should seek him Then you'd love him too If we only loved him half as much as he loves us We would serve him And in him we would put our trust And knowing just what life with him affords There's not a doubt I know I sure do love the Lord If we only loved him half as much as he loves us, we would serve him, and in him we would put our trust. And knowing just what Life with him affords There's not a doubt I know I sure do love The Lord <laughs> Oh, oh All right, now we're going to get into the story Of Doris Aker's life And our producer, Mr. Ken Monroe uh, has these excerpts from the article that was written in this publication. And the writer of the article, Rich, By is... Blytha Ellis. Blytha Ellis. B-L-Y-T-H-A, Blytha Ellis. Right. And we sure would want to thank her... For her research. ...for what you're about to hear. All right, let's hear it, the first part. This is the story of a girl named Doris, nicknamed Dot, who grew up in Kirksville, she was not born here, but spent her most formative years attending school and church in this town. She was born May 21, 1923, at Brookfield, Missouri, the eighth in a family of ten children to parents named Floyd and Pearl. Starting out, her parents had lived with Floyd's mother, Minnie Moore, in Brookfield in a household which also included Floyd's two younger sisters, Jenny and Crystal, a young niece, Corinne, and Floyd's grandmother, Nellie Moore. They later had a home of their own, which was frequently filled with music and the laughter of Doris and her siblings. Edward Milton, born 1910, Evelyn, 1912, Floyd Jr., 1913, Charles, 1914, Marion, 1917, Donald, 1918, Harley, 1921, Nellie Jane, 1924, and Bernice, 1926. Doris was closest to her sister Nellie, who was her constant playmate. 
Tragically, her brother Charles died in 1925 at the age of 10 of an accidental gunshot wound. Doris's father worked building houses in the Lynn County area and sometimes worked as a porter in a clothing store. Doris's family was very musical. Her father, Floyd, was a tenor singer. Her mother, Pearl, played both bass viola and pianica, a reeded mouth piano. Pearl had taught herself and was proficient on both. This influenced Doris and her siblings to love music. <laughs> okay, that's the opener. Uh, was, that, was that a big family? I mean, can you imagine that many kids? And, uh, but let's go on. Everything was not always happy in Doris's home. In 1927, her parents divorced. Doris was only four years old at that time, and she had two baby sisters. Her mother, Pearl Kelly, had been only 12 years old when she married 24-year-old Floyd on June 21, 1909, and started a family. Now Pearl was alone at age 32 with 10 children. However, three of the older boys, Edward, Donald, and Floyd Jr., stayed with their father, Floyd, according to the 1930 census, in the home of their grandmother, Minnie, in Brookfield. Doris's mother and seven children were on their own. Fortunately, Doris's mother was blessed to meet a man named John Lawson who was willing to love and care for a woman with seven children. When Doris was five, John was getting ready to move to Kirksville, Missouri, where he had secured a job in a car dealership. He would be working as a car washer for Harry Jonas at the Prosperous Auto Sales Company at 215 West Washington Street. He asked Pearl to marry him and bring the children to live with him in Kirksville, and they did. John and Pearl were married February 24, 1929, in Milan, Missouri. After coming to Kirksville, the Lawson family soon joined the AME Church. This church was a small white frame structure on the main street behind the old abandoned Benton schoolhouse between Main and Elson streets. AME stood for African Methodist Episcopal, and it was in this small church that Doris developed her great passion for gospel music. There, she also learned about the importance of prayer and how the Holy Spirit could move in times of worship and in a person's life. Doris's stepfather, John, was a piano player, and he often used this skill to entertain the children. He could play almost anything from classical to gospel and honky-tonk. He taught Doris at a young age how to play three chords on the piano, and from this, Doris learned to play by ear. She learned she could pick up almost any instrument and play it from memory. She knew she had been given a musical gift from God. Yeah, isn't that something? She knew that she'd been given a gift from God. And you see, folks, how important that was for her to find a good church, actually be taken to a good church where she learned about prayer and all of these things. I just love the story we're hearing Doris Akers, now let me say again. See, I was born in 1933, and she was born in 1923. So she was 10 years old up there in northern Missouri when I was born. Uh, let's go on and hear the rest. Doris and her siblings were educated at the Lincoln School in Kirksville. This was the age of segregation, and black children could not attend the regular public schools. The original Lincoln School had been established in Kirksville in 1877 in a wooden structure built on donated land on Wabash Street. In 1914, Kirksville voters had elected to build a grand three-story, $85,000 Kirksville High School on McPherson Street. 
Of course, the Times dictated that Doris and her siblings would never attend this high school building. As simply a footnote to this referendum, there was a $3,500 allocation for a new Lincoln School. So in that same year of 1914, when the big new high school for white children was built, the school district, not wanting to be thought of as treating their black population poorly, proudly built a small brick school with a usable basement and attic for the segregated students. It was constructed on the same location as where the old wooden Lincoln School building had been. And this is the school Doris and her siblings attended. It would not be until 1954, when segregation was declared unconstitutional, that Lincoln School was closed and the nine remaining students were quietly transferred to the mainstream public schools without complaint or incident. But Doris had already completed her education by then and was gone from Kirksville. In approximately 1936, Doris graduated from eighth grade at Lincoln School at age 13. At that time, Doris and her siblings could not continue their education unless they were transported to the nearest black high school, which at the time was in Macon, Missouri. When students chose to do this, the Kirksville School District paid their tuition. There is no record of Doris going further than the eighth grade. However, this did not hamper the talent that God had given Doris. When Doris was 10, she had composed her first gospel song, and she titled it, Keep the Fire Burning in Me. Her church had taught her about the fire of the Holy Spirit, and it welled up inside of her. But Doris didn't have much of an outlet for her gospel singing in those early days, except at church. She longed to make music her career. Uh, I want to thank Blytha Ellis again for writing this article. And I want to thank the gentleman who's our radio listener for telling me about it. Stan Ambrosia, age 79, I want to meet him. Isn't this amazing, Rich? Because it was 1953 or 4, I think probably 1954, when I heard Doris Akers singing in Los Angeles. And my friend took me there and he said, Dick, uh, you're going to enjoy this. You're going to really. Um, and I was pretty young guy in 1954 myself. But uh, uh, anyway, let's go on and hear the rest. Seeking to find a way to earn money with her music, Doris got two of her brothers, Edward and Donald, and one of her sisters, Marion, to join with her in forming a group to sing at events in the area. They called themselves Dot and the Swingsters. It was in the mid-1930s then, a period in history known as the Swing Era. Swing music and dance was all the rage, and the swing style of big bands and band leaders such as Benny Goodman was the dominant force of American popular music. So that's what Doris's group sang. The quartet went out into Adair and Macon counties and played the music of Cab Calloway, Fletcher Henderson, and Duke Ellington. Years later, Doris would meet Duke Ellington and even record a song with him. However, in Doris's prayer life, she became increasingly convinced that this was not the type of music God really wanted her to sing and play. So, while still a teen, Doris stopped singing swing music and dedicated her life and talents exclusively to God and to singing gospel music. At the age of 22, in 1945, Doris fulfilled her dream of leaving Kirksville and going to Los Angeles, where she had heard there was a thriving gospel music scene. She first got a job singing and playing piano with the Sally Martin Singers. Then she began her own group called the Doris Aker Singers. 
Because Doris had a light skin tone, she was not always accepted by either race, black or white. But God did not allow this to stop her success as a singer and songwriter. In 1947, Doris was able to publish her first song entitled, I Want a Double Portion of God's Love. After this, Doris was on a fast track to success. She formed the Simmons Acres Trio. With Doris's many compositions and her piano skills, the group became nationally known and traveled the country, performing at many churches and other venues. They also released many recordings on several labels. With no formal musical training, Doris Akers would eventually write and compose over 500 songs with titles such as Canaan's Shore, Tell Jesus All, Glory to His Name. It means a lot to know Jesus for yourself. He's everywhere. God spoke to me one day. I never knew joy before. Jesus is the name. He's all right with me. He delivered me. And lead me, guide me. Rich, how many years ago did we put the FM station on the air in Kansas City? My goodness, um, that was about in 1992. Yeah, so in 92, folks, uh, here was a brand new radio station going on the air for the first time. Never had a sound uh, been emanated from the tower or the transmitter. Brand spanking new, and it was to be a Christian station, of course, and I wondered, what sound, what song, what do we want to open up that whole radio station for? And I thought of Doris Akers singing, uh, There's a Sweet, Sweet Spirit in this place. What else could um, could tell the story of what people could expect hearing the Word of God, hearing the, the Bible taught, and Christian news and information? And that was, you see, the very first, the very first song, but let's go on. Through all of this singing experience and notoriety, Doris didn't have much confidence in herself as a solo singer because she had always sung with a group. But in 1957, a producer convinced her to record a solo album called Sing Praises Unto the Lord, and it was a success. In 1958, Doris, along with her friend Mahalia Jackson, co-wrote the song Lord Don't Move the Mountain, which sold over a million records. That same year, Doris became director of the Sky Pilot Choir in Los Angeles. With this group, Doris helped to bridge the barrier between black and white gospel, as this was a mixed group. The Sky Pilot Choir was extremely popular, and people would travel long distances just to hear them perform. They were also featured on many recordings, television shows, and radio broadcasts across the country. This choir released three albums with Doris. Doris received many awards, including Gospel Music Composer of the Year in both 1960 and 1961. You see, folks, I'll never forget when I first heard uh, uh, Ken uh, up, up, in, um, up at the Creation Museum. What, what's his last Ken name? Ken Ham. Ken Ham said, there's only one race. There's only one race, and it's the human race. And we get so caught up on the color of this person or the color of that person or all of these other characteristics, it doesn't matter. Can we come together as the Lord's people and worship him uh, in that truth? Uh, let's go on. In 1992, Doris was honored by the Smithsonian Institute as the foremost black gospel songwriter in the United States. 
But perhaps what Doris Akers will be most remembered for is one song in particular which she wrote in 1962 while directing the Sky Pilot Choir. One Sunday morning, she said to her singers, you are not ready to go into the service. She didn't believe they had prayed enough. They were accustomed to spending time with her in prayer before the service, asking God to bless their songs. She said, I feel that prayer is more important than great voices. They had already prayed, but this particular morning, she asked them to pray again, and they did. Even Doris was surprised at the intensity of that second prayer time. As their prayer meeting continued on and on, Doris began to wonder how she could stop this wonderful prayer time. She said, I sent word to the pastor letting him know what was happening. He was waiting in the auditorium, wanting to start the service. Finally, I was compelled to say to the choir, we have to go into the service now. I hate to leave this room because there is such a sweet, sweet spirit in this place, but we must. Doris said, songwriters always have their ears open for a new song. On that morning, suddenly a song started singing to me. I wanted to write it down right then, but I couldn't. I had to direct my choir. I thought the song would be gone from my head after the service. But the next morning, to my surprise, I heard the song in my head again. So I went to the piano and began to write it all down. She wrote the now famous song, Sweet, Sweet Spirit. In this song, she recognized the spirit in this place as the spirit of the Lord. She could see in the sweet expressions of the choir members that they also recognized the presence of the Lord. In the chorus of the song, she references the New Testament where the Spirit of God descended like a dove, lighting upon Jesus at His baptism. She refers to the Holy Spirit as sweet heavenly dove, asking Him to stay right here with us, filling us with your love. All of her life, Doris Akers believed that God wants His children to pray. Her songs were sung and played around the world, ministering to Christians in their worship of God. Doris lived during the final years of her life in Minneapolis, Minnesota, serving as Minister of Music at Grace Temple Deliverance Center. She was diagnosed with spinal cancer after she broke her ankle in August of 1994 and was treated by a doctor. She died on July 26, 1995 in Minneapolis. Only three of her siblings outlived her, sisters Nellie and Bernice and brother Donald Akers. Doris is buried in Lakewood Cemetery in Hennepin County, Minnesota. She was posthumously inducted into the Gospel Music Hall of Fame in 2001 and into the Southern Gospel Music Hall of Fame in 2011. You see, folks, you haven't lost anyone if you know where they are. Uh, think about that. Uh, you can't lose anybody if you know where they are. And this is the song you just heard about uh, moments ago, and it's the same song that Bot Radio Network used on the brand new FM station uh, when that went on the air. Here it is. There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place.
expressions on each face. Rich, uh, we got a couple of listener comments. We can we can let them. We sure do. Here. Here's the first one. I just love Bot Radio, and thank you for all the solid teaching that it provides. I listen to it as I have to drive every day, and listen and start my day off with Chuck Swindoll and very very solid biblical teaching. And I'm just so blessed by it. I tell everybody I know to, to listen to it. It blesses many. And so thank you for your ministry of Bart Radio. Uh, well, let's hear another one. I want to thank Bart Radio for what they're doing for not only myself, but others that are interested in learning the Word. I've been blind since 2010 due to retinitis pigmentosa, and I just want to say what a blessing that Bot Radio has been to me. I am a minister, and it's helped me to keep updated on what's going on, and I appreciate you. God bless you and yours, and keep up the good work. Uh, Rich, have we got time to work in one more? Sure. I just want to let you know, I turn on my radio every morning and listen to Bot Radio, unless I have to be leaving for some reason, but I also have it on in my car. I just appreciate so much all the lessons and everything that I have learned and what all of you people go through to present all this information for us. So just thank you so much. Uh, Well, let's hear that phone number, Rich. 1-800-345-2621. We'd love to hear from you. 1-800-345-2621. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, This is Dick Bott with this chapter, The Complete Story, with my son, Rich, and, uh, and we'll see you later.